All right, if you have your Bibles, if you want to just follow along on the screen, you can. I want to read a story out of 1 Kings chapter 17, and then I'm just going to share a few thoughts from it. I'm going to read quite a few verses here, but th- that, that's going to be the chunk of it. As I, I just felt like uh, I needed to read the whole story, and then I'll just get a, a few thoughts dealing with Thanksgiving um, from this story. It's, it's in 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 8, uh, and it's the story about Elijah uh, and the widow. Elijah and the widow. In verse 1 Kings 17 and verse 8, the story starts out and says this. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Seraphath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread, too. I thought about it today. I was like, that's just like us men. Hey, baby, go grab me some water. Oh, yeah, grab me a Snickers, too. Oh, yeah, please. I thought about that just as I was reading, right? Y'all laughing because y'all know it's true, right? But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then me and my son and I will die. But Elijah said, don't be afraid. Go ahead, do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and oil, olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her son continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried it up to the stairs to the room where he was staying, and laid the body on the bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, Oh, Lord, my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child returned and he revived. Then Elijah brought him up from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is so rich, so nourishing, so amazing, and so powerful. Lord, I just ask as we come here tonight uh, with humble hearts that we would continue to always have thankful hearts no matter what we're going through or what's going on in our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak to us, quicken this word to us, and give us the grace to apply it to our lives each and every day. Help me as I present your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a quick recap Here's this widow, Elijah at the time, the back, the, the back story is that there was a famine in the land at the time. Right before this story, the Lord had commanded Elijah to go to the brook and he said ravens would feed him and he did. Ravens came and gave him bread and water each and every day and fed Elijah. When the, and then he drank from, uh, I'm sorry, gave him bread and meat and Elijah would drink from the river. When the river dried up, then he sends it to this widow. And so um, she has just a little bit of flour left and she's like, I'm going to cook this. It's going to be it. Elijah says, no, go ahead and cook me some too. 
And then the Lord will provide. The Lord's going to do a miracle. And he did. The Lord did a continuous miracle by giving that flour and that oil continued to, to continue to, to happen, continue to produce, so to speak, from that little bit of flour. For many days, the Bible says, they continue to eat. But then a, a tragic turn of events, this widow's son dies. And she turns on Elijah. She goes from praising the Lord and being grateful to turning on Elijah for the tragedy that happened. She says, you know, um, you know, why, why did you come out here to point out my sin and, and, and you know, uh, uh, kill my son? So she goes from blaming him, saying, you the one that killed my son. But then God raises her son from the dead through Elijah. And in verse 24, she says this. Now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that God truly speaks to you. And I'm thinking as I'm reading this, now you know he's a man of God? Did that continuous miracle that happened in your life, you didn't know he was a man of God then? You know, I mean, that was a, an absolute miracle, right? Right? And you got to put it in the backdrop, it was a famine. That need be, that'd be a miracle anytime. If you kept going to your pantry and every night you wanted to cook rice and gravy, you had one cup of rice left, then the next night you would have rice again and then rice again, right? You know, it, it, it was a miracle. But you know, what happened was there was a tragedy that struck. Her son died and, and she, she lost, she lost focus on what the Lord had, had, had did, had, what the Lord did in her life in that moment. And you know, I've read this story many times, but as I was reading it a couple of days ago, I, I was reading it through the eyes of Thanksgiving. As Thanksgiving's right around the corner, I begin reading it through the eyes of Thanksgiving and I begin to think, you know, this lady was only thankful when things were going good. When tragedy struck, she turned on the man of God, God's provision, and ultimately God himself. You know, we sometimes do the same. So, you know, as I begin to think about this and, and, and looking at this uh, and, and just praying through this, I begin to start thinking of some of the things she could have been thankful for even after her son died instead of blaming Elijah for his death. Now, let me stop right here and say this. I'm not trying to downplay tragedy by any means. I, I'm, I know firsthand how sudden and how, how, how hard, how tragic, how heartbreaking tragedy can be. So before I go any further, I don't want you to think like, oh, come on, I'm saying, come on, ladies, suck it up and move on. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not trying to downplay it. Again, firsthand, I understand how hard it can be when you have a sudden tragedy, a loss, for example, a loss in your family, someone that has died suddenly or just died over maybe a long sickness. You know, I, we, I understand the pain of that. But at the same time, I also know that in everything, there's a reason to give thanks. Amen? So I want to I look at this using the story as a backdrop and just for a few minutes share a couple of thoughts and how it, we can see it in our own lives. So what are some of the things that this, this widow could have been thankful for instead of blaming Elijah for her son's death? Number one, she could have been thankful that her son got to eat more than one meal before he died. In verse 12, she said, and I have only one handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jar. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this meal and then my son and I will die. In her mind, we have one meal left after this. We're going to starve to death. But we know that they was able to eat more than that. In 1 Kings seventeen fifteen, it says, so she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her son continued to eat for many more days. So she got to feed her son for many more days than she thought she was going to be able to. She could have been thankful for that. Amen. She and her son got more than she expected. More than she expected. 
So she could have been thankful for that. The second thing I see here is that she could have been thankful that the Lord continued to provide for her and her son. 1 Kings 17, 16 says, Then there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. There was always enough. The Lord was continuing to provide for her, to continuing to provide. You know, she could have been thankful that, you know what, even in the midst of this, the Lord is continuing to provide for me and my son throughout this process. The third thing I see here is that, you know what, she could have also been thankful that the Lord keeps his promise. In verse 16, it says there was always enough fl- uh, flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. You know, I think sometimes we take for granted that the Lord keeps his promises. There's so many people that let us down and that don't keep their promises or ourselves that might not keep our promise. You know what? The, the prophet gave her a word and said, listen, and, and, and this is a, a, this is a whole nother thing, but the principle of the first, in essence, give your first to the Lord, the Lord will provide for you. Cause you remember, he, she said, I just have this little bit of flour and I'm going, I'm going to use this to, to, um, feed me and my son. But Elijah didn't say, okay, break me off a little bit. But he said, no, fix me some first. Fix me a little cake first. And then the Lord is going to provide for you. So there's an awesome principle of, of giving your first to the Lord, of tithing, of whatnot. And he said, then that'll happen. She had to totally step on faith. You gotta, as you think about this, especially as you moms out there as, as the nurturers of the home and always provide meals for your family and your children to think about that. Like, man, we barely have anything to eat. And this little bit I have, I have to give to God, to the man of God. And I've talked to many people about this, and this is not at all a tithing message, but it just to go to, to use that example, that people are like, man, I can barely pay my bills. How can I tithe? Well, listen, if you give your first foot to the Lord, the promise is he will provide for you. He will provide. And so whatever it is, it's not just with the tithe. It's just as we talk about giving our first to the Lord, our first part of the week, our first part of the day, keeping God first in everything. He provides, and listen, every promise in there, he is faithful to keep. And we must remember, though, that with every promise, there's a condition. God sometimes doesn't keep his promise. Well, he always keeps his promises. Sometimes the promises aren't fulfilled because we don't keep the condition. Let me say it that way. But God is faithful. He always keeps his promises. So she could have been thankful for this, and I'm so thankful that I was stepped out on a limb and God came through. I stepped out and there was nothing there and he came through and he continued to come through. That's what's awesome. God kept his promise not once, but many, many days to follow that. So she could have been thankful for that. And the last thing, which is near to my heart, is that, you know what, she could have been thankful that her son had a godly man in his life for some time before he died. Because obviously she was a widow, so the father wasn't around anymore, right? She was a widow, and there was no man mentioned in the story. And here's Elijah, the man of God, the prophet, comes to stay at her house. And so you you got to think, I, I'm thinking in, in, in that, you know, here's this little boy that has a man to influence, a godly man to, to be around, to speak into his life, to, to just, you know, maybe affirm him for some time, you know, before he died. 
And it, it's so cool. I have seen God, you have heard me say before, you've seen God do it in my life with Pastor Todd and many, many, many. God continues to do that. And, and in my own life, personally, I'm so thankful how God continues to send men in, in, in my life to, to be a part of my life and, and, and whatnot. Because Psalm 685 says that he is a father to the fatherless. So even if that little boy wouldn't have been raised from the dead, you know, God came along and, and gave him a godly man, even if it was a short period of time, to be an influence, to be around him, to speak into his life, to, to affirm this young man. Again, I'm not trying to downplay the trauma and the heartache of tragedy. I know how sudden and painful this can be. But I, what I'm doing tonight in just these last few minutes is I just want to encourage you to look for things to be thankful for, even in the midst of hard times. Even in the midst of tragedy, during Thanksgiving, we come around the table and, and, and sometimes it's easy to see what we're, we're thankful for. We, we easy to see the, the bountiful blessings that we have all around us. You know, I have all my bountiful blessings sitting right here on the front row. Well, actually, my son probably went to the bathroom or something, but oh, no, he's on the second row. I'm sorry. I didn't see him there for a minute. So so first and second row. So I thought he might have slipped out and had to go. But anyway, so, you know, it's easy to look and say, man, all my my children, my family, everyone's healthy. My mom's recovering great. And, you know. But, but in the midst, and I know right now, in the midst of our economy, I'm sure there's quite a few people in this room that, you know, you maybe have lost a job, your job slowed down. I talked to a brother earlier that owns a business and he said how things were slow and they've had to lay people off. So, so in this time, it might, this message might be for you. To, to, you might have to be scratching to be thankful for something. But I just want to encourage you to have that mindset, not just around the Thanksgiving holiday, because I've done this, this you know, um, service in years past, and I've preached on how for th- uh, the Christian every day should be Thanksgiving, right? For us, every day should be, th- we should have a thankful heart. David says, enter his gates with Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Every day we wake up, it should be Thanksgiving. We might not have a big spread of turkey and pecan pie every morning, which some of us would like that, but... You know, or maybe it's just me, but I hear a couple chuckles, so I'm sure y'all with me. But, you know, every day should be Thanksgiving. So I just want to encourage you. Things might be going great for you. Things might be tough around, around the house. Things might be tough in the bank account right now. Maybe in your physical health. Maybe you've experienced tragedy this year or just recently. And the holidays can be a, a, a tough time. Again, I know firsthand, I understand that. You might be going through, about to go through your first Thanksgiving without a loved one that you've had. It might be the first time you share this year of Thanksgiving and, and Christmas without that loved one. And, and, and you know, I, I pray for you. I pray the Lord's comfort. St. Corinthians 1 says that he's our merciful Father and the source of all comfort, and he comforts us in our trouble. And that's my prayer for you, is that God does comfort you. But even in the midst of this, if that's you tonight, I just want to encourage you to look for something to be thankful for. So as we we turn this story now, I don't want it just to be about the widow, but what about us? As I begin to think about this and, you know, I believe we can look at the story and be thankful for the same things, right? The four things I mentioned out of this story. Number one, we usually always get more than we expect or deserve from the Lord. Amen. I know I do. I know I don't deserve anything I have. So if I got one thing, you know, and I've said it and people said it, if God just saved me and never did anything else for me, I got more than I expected and deserved, right? Just right there. If we save from eternal damnation and we can spend eternity in glory with Jesus, that's more than we, I ever expected or ever deserved that God would save a wretched sinner like me. But again, just looking right here, God has blessed me. Time and time again, I'm so thankful. We get more than we expect and definitely way more than we deserve. Amen? 
So even in the midst of the hard time, think about everything you have, everything you've got. He, he blesses us exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what we can actually even think. And then we know, number two, that the Lord continues to provide for us each and every day. And once again, if some of you out there have lost your jobs or things have gotten tight, I know that this, this part of your life you're really having to, to, to be thankful. But every day the Lord provides for us. Every day I, I just believe that if you got laid off, if your business is slow, that you know what? The Lord is going to take care of you. It might not be in the way that you think. It might not be getting a bunch of jobs and a bunch of, you know, you know but the Lord will provide. He will watch over you. He will take care of you. He is Jehovah Jireh. The word of God says he will provide all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He will provide. He will. We can be thankful that we can trust him, which leads to the, to the uh, next thing. That we can be thankful that the Lord could change his mind, but he's faithful to keep his promises. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will keep his promises. You know, I heard a preacher say years ago, like some people say, you know, man, God can do anything. And he said, you know what? That's not true. There's some things God can't do. And I'm about to like turn the radio station like, what you talking about, preacher? But he said, you know, there's some things God can't do. And the biggest one that stuck out to me is like, God can't do anything because number one, God can't lie. Amen. He can't lie. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Amen. He's faithful to his promises. He will keep his promises as he is not a man that he shall lie or that he shall change his mind. Amen. All those promises written in the word, they're sealed. They're for us. We can be thankful that he keeps his promises. Amen. You know, and it might, you might think, oh, you know, like my little girl, you know, Leia, she, you know, she's still in the cash. She has a couple weeks before, but you know, you look at that. She fell out of a tree. She broke her wrist, a very bad break. But you know what? We thank God because guess what? It could have been a lot worse. It could have been so much worse. The fact that she came out with just a broken wrist and she's still, she's back to normal. Matter of fact, now she's learning how to write and draw with her left hand. So, you know, it's, we pray, I believe God's wall of protection was around her. We pray a wall of protection, believe that God, and I believe that that was, we thank God for protecting her, that it wasn't anything, any serious injury. Amen. And number four, you know, we can be thankful. If you look around, we can be thankful that God strategically places godly people in our lives. Just as God provided Elijah for the widow and for her son, he strategically sent and that, that Elijah over there. And, and it's amazing because the Lord said, I just thought about this. The Lord told Elijah, I'm going to send you to a widow that's going to feed you. He was sending Elijah over there to provide for Elijah, but in turn, it was a miracle to provide for the woman and her son. Not only the food, but then to show her, you know what, I serve the God of miracles. Her son died, and like that, he goes and, and, and the Lord raises her from the dead. So we got so much we can be thankful for in the midst of hardship, when things get hard, when things in tragedy. I just want to encourage you to look for things to be thankful for. First Thessalonians 5.18 says this, And everything, everything, give thanks. And why? I love this scripture. Why should we give thanks? It says this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Many people ask, man, I, I want to know the will of God for my life. I believe the will of God has many aspects and is specific for certain specific things the will of God has for our lives. But you know what? This is one of them that's for everybody. If you want to know one of the aspects of the will of God in your life, it's to give thanks in everything. In all things, give thanks, everything, every day, in everything, every situation, every circumstance, there is something to be thankful for. 
There is something to be thankful for. The fact we got out of bed this morning. The fact that we're breathing. The fact that, that we have our senses, that we can drive, that we can, you know, so many things, you know, that, that we take, really that we take for granted every day, right? We can be thankful for. There's so much stuff each and every day that we can be thankful for. And I just want to encourage you, this is the will of God for your life. In everything, give thanks. Not just the last Thursday in November. Amen? In everything, give thanks. As we close out, we're going to have communion here. So I just want to read a, a, a scripture, just transition into communion. I just wanted to encourage you on that. I don't, I don't know where you're at tonight, but I just pray again, if you're going through a tough time, that God comforts you, that he provides for you, uh, you know, uh, in, in everything. Again, I know there's people sitting here that are, like I said, you're probably going to be your first time going through a holiday without your loved one. And I just pray God's comfort and peace and his presence to be upon you during that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23, as we get ready to prepare communion. This is, this is why we, we, we have communion. Jesus instituted it in the Gospels, and in here, Paul, he comes uh, and he, he reminds us. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says this, verse 23, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. So every time we do this, every time, and that's why we love to have this communion service and we'll do it together as a family here just in a couple of minutes. We are announcing, we're remembering the Lord's death and we're announcing his imminent return. Amen? So as we take communion, let's remember to announce, remember, and be thankful for all that the Lord has done, all that he is doing, and all that he's going to do in our lives. As we focus on the cross and the provision of the blood that was shed for us, of the salvation and the and the uh, uh, the provision of healing and and every other provision, we are thankful. But this thing that we do in communion, this this is something that we do as believers. In order to remember and to announce His second coming, means that you must be in covenant with Him. You see, this was used to be the Passover meal, and once Jesus instituted it, died, buried, and was resurrected, it became what we know as communion. It was for people that were in a covenant relationship with the Lord. So tonight, maybe you in here, and, and you know what, you say, Brandon, I've never, I never made a, 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 a decision to follow Christ. I've never fully understand that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and to forgive me, to cleanse me, like I talked about, to, to save me from, from you know, the eternal uh, punishment of hell. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he sent his son. God, God doesn't want to send anybody to hell. And ultimately, he doesn't. People send themselves by rejecting. Jesus said, I came so, so that I might save the world, not to judge it, not to condemn it. And he says, those that don't believe have already condemned themselves. The, the, the plan of salvation, the Bible in a nutshell is John 3.16. God loved the world so much. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die 
for you that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So there's one more thing I want to do before we take communion. If you don't mind, every head bowed and every eye closed. Communion is for believers, those that have been born again. Maybe you're a guest here tonight. Maybe you came with a family member. Maybe you've been coming to church for a long time. But you say, you know what, Brandon? I don't know what if I'm right with God. When you talk about eternity, where would you go? If tonight was your last night, we're thankful for every day on earth, but if tonight was the last night you had here on earth, would you spend it in your eternity, the rest of eternity, in heaven or in hell? There's no in-between. There's no purgatory. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Jesus loves you so much that he took the penalty. He took the cross for you because he wants to spend eternity with you. He wants to spend life with you here on this earth and in eternity. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, if you say, Brandon, you know what? I'm not sure that I'm right with God. I, wanna, I, wanna, I need my sins forgiven. I want to surrender. As we talked about it, I want to surrender my life totally to Christ. Maybe you, you say, I've been coming to church. I've been hearing this God thing. I've read my Bible some, but I've never fully surrendered. I've never fully given my life to Christ. And I want to do that tonight. I want to give it all to Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I say, Brandon, can you pray for me? I'm not going to ask you to stand up, come up or anything. Just slip up your hand and I want to pray for you. I say, Brandon, I need to get right with God. I see your hand back there. Anybody else? Praise God. Anybody else? I see your hand right here, my man. I see your hand in the back. Okay, hands going up. Thank you, Jesus. Right here in the middle. Awesome. Praise God. Hands going up everywhere. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See your hand in the back right here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All those with your hands raised, just right there, sitting where you are. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So if you, if you lifted your hand, and we're going to pray as a church with you. We're going to come in agreement with you. I just want you to pray this. If you believe this with your heart, pray this prayer by faith and say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for taking my place. Thank you, Lord, for taking my punishment and giving me eternal life. Now, Lord Jesus, give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Help me to be thankful in all things, all day, in everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Those of you that just lifted your hands, yeah, come on, let's, let's give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Amen. Amen. This is such a blessing. Those of you that just slipped up your hands, congratulations. Uh, it, welcome to the family of God. This is a blessing. You are sharing communion with your family for the first time tonight. Amen.